I'm your health coach, Melissa Lee. Here at Thriving with Nourishment Health, I provide women with the resources to reclaim fertility and celebrate periods through the lens of functional medicine. It is time to empower ourselves with natural solutions over band-aid medicines. We will get to the root cause of symptoms to see the bigger picture. Let us find the ability to heal ourselves, get back to Mother Nature, and live in a healthier world. Hi everyone, I have Bridget Danner on the show today. Bridget has been a licensed acupuncturist since 2004 and a certified functional diagnostic practitioner since 2015. Her story involves developing an environmental illness due to toxic mold in her home and healing after. She now educates about the impacts of toxic mold and I can't wait to have her share her story and her insight on environmental toxins. This is a big topic, especially for us women who want to balance hormones naturally and who wants to you know, um, change their lifestyle. So I'm so excited to have her on. Welcome, Bridget. Hey, Melissa, thanks for having me. I think it's gonna be a fun conversation. Yeah, this will be fun. And I think this conversation will you know, teach me some things too because I'm very familiar with like the toxins in beauty products and like pesticides. And I think most people don't understand you know, the role of toxins in their home. So um, before we get we jump into any of that, could you just let us know what environmental toxins are? Sure. Yeah. So we use the word toxins kind of for everything, um, but if we get more tech technical, there's a term that no one <laughs> uses. It's actually so we'll just break it down a bit. So yeah. toxins are usually produced naturally, like biologically, like say like a snake venom or even like our own bodies produce toxins like the if we have like a an infection or um, something like that inside our body those are technically toxins and things that are externally produced like chemicals are called toxicants but nobody really says toxicants so we just kind of glom them all together and say toxins but when we think about toxins we're mostly thinking about toxicants which are things that are produce like chemicals and that kind of thing. However, we're also going to talk about mold today, which is it plays an interesting role because it's something that is natural and biological and it produces toxins. Um, and it can be inside of our homes, which is a pretty controlled environment or so we think, but mold can develop in an imbalanced way inside of our homes so, so that molds that produce toxins, like not all moles produce toxins, but some that do tend to get a foothold inside of our home with like drywall and just these artificial like environments. So we have this weird mix of things being a little bit artificial and man-made with, and then like nature <laughs> kind of coming in and right. breaking it down and producing toxins that can get us really sick. Yeah, I think mold is very insidious and like um, you know, if we don't know it's like in between the walls, then we, it's really hard to like figure out that that is the source of our Ill illness, for example. Um, could you actually share a little bit more about your story about how you, you know, you felt ill, but how did you find out that it was actually due to mold? Yeah, so I was having some ongoing health problems in, let's see what years they were like, I don't know, like kind of like. 2010 to you know 2000 
2016, I think is when we found the mold. Um, and uh, I just was trying to like work on my diet and lifestyle and I would do better and then I'd do worse. I was having like a lot of, a lot of flus in the winter, a lot of chronic body pain, um, some fatigue and insomnia. And I just sort of thought it was like, oh, my adrenal glands or mm-hmm. immune system. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, it totally sounds like it, right? <laughs> like thyroid or you're yeah. too stressed. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone would kind of say when I go to the doctor, oh, you're too stressed, um, which is something that really bugs me because it's sort of just saying, well, we don't know what's wrong with you, so we're going we're gonna to blame you, right? And I think that mm-hmm. happens to women quite a bit. Uh, so it took like, I, I really had a, a bad breakdown where I got strep throat, I had to get on antibiotics. Um, and I just didn't come back from that. I was so tired. Um, and just not recovering. I had just started working out at home to like completely dedicate to my online practice. So I was excited about that, but now I was super sick. So one kind of clue is I was in the home all the time. Right. And mm-hmm. So I was going to this naturopathic college to get IV therapy and like, it didn't do anything. It just wasn't working. So I asked them, like, I just like, I, I don't just need IVs anymore. Like I need you to help me figure out what's wrong with me. So they did some testing for like autoimmune disease and stuff. And they asked me about my home and they said, what has changed in your environment? Mm-hmm. And one thing that had changed was we had had a little flooding or leaking in our basement and our basement's always been just smells off so I mentioned that and I said you might want to check for mold and at the time I wasn't very mold knowledgeable I just kind of knew about it and knew it right. was bad yeah <laughs> and it like, smells bad right like it's just associated with dampness and it smells bad <laughs> and I knew it was dangerous I didn't know I knew it was dangerous I didn't really know much about it though And I honestly didn't really want to check because I knew if we had it, it was going to be like a mess. Um, But we did check and we did have it. So, you know, I always tell people like who are going through this. Yeah, I understand how it's really, really bad news. But if you just ignore it and never find out and never take action, you're going to get sicker and sicker. And, you know, that's just not really a choice you can make. So so we found out it was in the house and, you know, started to tend to take the actions to remediate it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I love that you're bringing this up uh, right now because, you know, for someone who doesn't know that mold even exists or it can um, cause illness in someone, um, I'm glad that there's some kind of awareness right now about it. So for us, so when you discovered, you know, that you have mold in your home, um, what can mold actually do to our bodies? Yeah, symptom-wise, I would say the most common things would be fatigue and brain fog would probably be the top two. But then there's a whole long list after that. Anxiety, insomnia, depression, ADD, especially like in kids, um, weight gain that's unexplained, loss of appetite, poor digestion, hormones being off. You know, I was having spotting with my periods for so long. And mm-hmm. again, I was just told it was stress. Um, but my hormone, your hormone levels completely tank out when you are having mold toxicity. You're often going to get Hashimoto's. You're definitely going to have IBS, candida. 
So there's, it just dysregulates the body in so many ways. So it can be confusing and you can, you can focus on one thing like, oh, I found out I have candida, it must be candida. But that's actually not like the root cause. It's, it's the mold. Right. So, so yeah, it's a lot of symptoms and that's why it can be confusing skin rashes to, um, headaches and that chronic pain I described because you're in chronic inflammation. Um, so mostly I say like, if, if you kind of were like me, like you've tried to do the normal stuff, like eat better, you know, exercise, and you're just like, this is not working. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> think about toxins, and it could be mold toxins, but it could be something else. I mean, some people mm-hmm. have heavy metals that are really high that they don't know about. So right. I always say, think about toxins, you can start with just detoxing, or really, you know, if you're sick enough, please start with some testing and getting with a practitioner. I love that you brought up um, practitioner. So what was it difficult for you to find, you know, like a physician that actually can help you um, discover the root cause of all your symptoms? Um, I'd say yes and no. I mean, mm-hmm. luckily, I was pretty connected to the natural medicine community. You know, I had a lot of resources. Uh, I did, you know, start working with a local naturopath who was familiar with mold and then we started to work with one online um you know what i would say in retrospect is like i think usually it takes a lot of different influences to find your correct answers because nobody knows everything so Mm -hmm. you know the first practitioner really focused on the certain supplements that she was fond of and a certain angle that she usually takes which helped, but wasn't quite enough. And then the next practitioner will kind of focus on something else. (laughs) (laughs) So it can be dangerous to get like too attached to any one solution because everybody's different and you have to piece together your own program, really. It sounds like there's a lot of um, mindfulness or like awareness of your own body and like what your gut is telling you, right? When you a hundred percent. Yeah. I was just doing an interview and talking about that. Like, you know, I was working full time. I had a young child and you know, when you're self-employed, there's no like, you know, backup plan yeah. really. Yeah. So I still had to, you know, make do to work and raise my son. And, um, you know, I couldn't like just drop everything and study mold all the time. So I always tell people like, don't think you have to do that it's probably just going to stress you out and make you sicker. So just be gentle on yourself and follow up, follow along with whatever you're interested in at the time. Like you said, listen to your gut because sometimes you'll let's say attend a summit or, you know, go online and you might see 10 things, but one or two of them may really speak to you. Like, Oh my gosh, I really wonder if this might help me. So go follow that thing. And like, that's it. That's all you're adding or learning about right now. Mm-hmm. And then see, you know, hopefully that you will respond knowing that there's some gut thing, gut, you know, interest and sometimes not like there was a supplement, a practitioner 
recommended to me and I was so burnt out of all of it by then (laughs) but I tried it because I was still like well I want to get better and it was a supplement that turned out to be really great for me that we sell now so you know sometimes you just do just kind of have to keep like plodding along Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah try not to do like 500 new things at once just like slowly build and again see what your particular body likes I admire your um you know your efforts at like just trying out different things and really finding out what was wrong with you I think um a lot of people you know they may struggle with something else maybe it's not mold but they're kind of like stuck in that place of like I don't know what's wrong with me my doctor can't tell me what's wrong so maybe this is all in my head so I just yeah, I just want to acknowledge your efforts at like, you know, uh, your journey basically of healing from mold. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and I, it's, I'm unfortunate in a way I went through it because now I can share it because I get right. like, I get how hard it is. But I'm also, I really believe in the human body. So even when I was like not getting better as fast as I want, I'm like, I know how I want to feel, you mm-hmm. know, I, I, and I'm going to keep moving forward until... I get there even just like a month ago I bought an oxygen chamber (laughs) (laughs) I've been really wanting one and they're expensive but I bought Mm -hmm. it and I'm like I my brain my brain uh, what's the word endurance is still Mm -hmm. not what I would like it to be so I was like you know I bought this thing on sale and I can are not on sale like used and I can always get rid of it if I want but like let me just try it and then I can tell other people about it too Wow, I love that. Hey, you know, actually, my brother-in-law, um, he has uh, an oxygen chamber too. He suffered oh, nice. from traumatic brain injury and it really helps him. Um, awesome. he, yeah, he always told me to try it, but I'm like claustrophobic. So I don't know if, if that would do well for me. Yeah, I'm claustrophobic too. So I think just the first few times, you know, you need to like you know, you can even just get in and not really turn it on, but just practice mm-hmm. like zipping it up and like yeah. calm, calming down <laughs> basically. Right. You know, like, just being you, in that space. Yeah. Yeah. Just using the oils. Because when you use it for real, you can't like run out in a second. Mm-hmm. So right. you might just want to practice using it for fake. <laughs> a couple <of> times. <laughs> oh my God. That's funny. Yeah. Just bring like a fan in and like pretend that it's working. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm doing it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um how do we detox from mold like once you've you know figured it out like I, I guess like does the common like healthy lifestyle changes help at all like do you need specific things yeah definitely and that's the good news is there's a lot you can do that's pretty affordable and accessible you don't you don't have to run out and buy an oxygen chamber you can you know, first of all, just clean up your diet if it's not that clean. Like my diet was already pretty good when I found out. So, you know, and probably that helped me. But there's some, you know, people who starting on more of a standard American diet. And at mm-hmm. the minimum, yeah, you need to clean up your diet. Um, you know, be eating more greens and fresh foods and colorful foods and fibers. Um, be avoiding things, especially that feed mold and candida, like sugar, I was just emailing this to one of my clients. So I I would say the short list is sugar, dairy, wheat, alcohol, and peanut butter. Those are probably my five biggest things to avoid. Um, And then there may be some other things for you that, you know, you feel better avoiding, like even, um, you know, 
other grains or um, conventional meats could be like an issue for you. I mean, they're certainly just not very clean. Um, a lot of the research on mold was really first done um, in livestock industry or agriculture industry because when grain sits, it can mm -hmm. get moldy, right? And then animals eat that grain. So they've been familiar with mold for a while. <laughs> so that it's in those things as well. But I would say those five things are like the top things to avoid. And then yeah, just eating really clean, doing, you know, just nice things like lemon water. It's just so simple, but mm -hmm. a nice like boost for you. Uh, I like detox practices like Epsom salt bath, dry brushing, Jump, jumping on a trampoline, using essential oils, um, doing a castor oil pack. I mean, all these things are really cheap and mm -hmm. you can do them and they make a difference. So, you know, you may want to do some expensive supplements or go get some prep, some like, you know, sessions on, you know, lymphatic massage or different techniques, but you really need to do that home stuff. And I actually believe that that's, a lot of what is going to get you better is just being consistent on that and it, mm -hmm. it's not usually for two months it's usually like two years you know right. it's really sticking with it I think that's you know um consistent with everything else right like all the changes you're making all these changes that you mentioned are made at home and so you know if you're home all the time like you have to make the effort to do those changes rather than just rely on like lymphatic massages or anything external. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Like the consistency is really important. I'm curious, did you have to do a food sensitivity test just to find out like what you need to avoid? You know, I had actually done one, um, maybe this, uh, like, six months before I found out I had mold because I was studying functional medicine and I did a test with them. Um, so I found out I was sensitive to tea and chocolate, which can actually be moldy. Mm. Um, so it's interesting, but there are also foods I love. So sometimes foods that we eat all the time <laughs> will <Yeah>. show up. <laughs> yeah. I had the same experience. I did something like that too. And then I found out like I, I had sensitivity to almonds and I think it was some kind of seed that I was always putting in my oatmeal. So I had to take it oh. out for a while and then, you know, just do other things. So like kind of rotate, rotate it. Yeah. 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 So food sensitivity testing in general, you know, I think it can be a helpful guide for helping you make choices. Some, like you said, might be just temporary or cutting back and, and some are kind of permanent, but you just need to watch them. Like I still have tea and chocolate, but I cannot, overdo right. it on those things um and then you know ultimately though it's like the health of your gut and your immune system and stuff like that so you know yeah like say you have mold you're and you're gonna have leaky gut and candida and other infections you've got to work on those things and as you heal that you become more able to eat more foods if you have to avoid some temporarily fine but I really encourage people to eat as many different foods as they can because mm -hmm. that's ultimately best for our body. Yeah, I agree. I couldn't agree more. 
So could you enlighten us about the use of cookware and toxins? I think this is another one, you know, another um, like broad subject that people don't know. Like what kind of cookware do I use? Like, um, yeah, yeah, it's a good question. Um, and this is a topic I'm really passionate about too. Like when I went into Chinese medicine school, I was actually debating, well, do I want to become like an environmental lawyer or like, what do I want to do? Cause I was very passionate about the environment. So the mold thing was just an accident, <laughs> but I've always been interested in environmental toxins and like our ability to reduce those. And, you know, as consumers, it's probably the strongest way we're reducing them. So, you, you know, even like, I don't know, 10, 20 years ago, you didn't see, you know, natural like dish soap or you know non-toxic pans is like being an advertising point but now you see it right because people want it they want to know like what's in a in my pan and you're helping with like awareness of that which is great but like you said even if you're aware you're like but what do I actually buy so um I like like okay well we'll talk about the most important thing to avoid is conventional non-stick cookware that's like the worst mm -hmm. uh, because it's gonna flake and when it gets overheated it's also going to come out into the air so um, and it's, you know it's gonna usually get scratched even if you're trying not to so the compounds in there you really want to avoid but now they have nonstick cookware that is safer so the brand that I like for that is called green pan I'm sure it's not the only brand. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard of this before. Green pen. Okay. I'm yeah. 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 And they have different like lines of cookware. So I had originally bought some like at Target and they were okay. Um, but then I bought my second line online and they were better. They were just like a higher grade or whatever. They just have, they last longer and the handles better and stuff. Um, and I think that one is like a ceramic um is what makes it non-stick, if I remember that right. And that's the same that's true for canned food. So when you see a can that says it's no BPA lining, yeah. they're usually using like a ceramic, which is what they used to do before BPA. So right. it's a little bit more expensive for them, but it's um, safer for us. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's a good one. Um, what about um, cookware that are like stainless steel or cast iron? Stainless steel is fine. Um, cast iron, I actually prefer not to use because the type of iron that's in it isn't really the type your body needs for um, for like a source of iron. Like, the, you know, there's different types of iron, like iron oxide or iron this. I don't know all the types, but... Yeah, cast iron is very traditional. I know a lot of people like it. Um, I don't personally love cooking with them. And the, I don't think they should be a daily dish because, the, again, the source of iron is for your body. So it could be like if you want to cook with them like special sometimes, go ahead and, you know, do that to make a certain dish. Mm -hmm. But I personally wouldn't have it as your daily cookware. Um, some people are probably going to write in and be like, I've been using cast iron forever and it's fine. Yeah. Um, Wendy Myers is someone I follow a lot about heavy metals. Mm -hmm. And I believe she was the one I learned from about cast iron 
um, originally. So you could look on her website about mm-hmm. cast iron. And so if you own one, like don't freak out and like just throw it away. Like just, I wouldn't make it personally be your daily one. But if your own sure. research says to you, I'm fine, or you've had your iron levels checked every year and it looks fine, mm-hmm. then fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I wouldn't do that one necessarily. Also, aluminum, I would avoid. But I don't think most pans that we see available in the U.S. are aluminum. But in some other countries, you may see it like a very lightweight pan could be aluminum. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would avoid that one, too. So what about aluminum foil? Like, does that fall into the same category? So aluminum foil, I really avoid because it's so polluting. Like the aluminum industry is like, you can look look up a YouTube video, like it's really Mm -hmm. disgusting. So occasionally I might use aluminum foil for something because I'm not finding a better way to use it. But you can also use um, parchment paper or or like if you're putting just stuff in the fridge, you can use um, the beeswax wrap. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so again, it's maybe like cast iron, like if every now and then you need it, but what drives me insane is like a lot of people use it constantly because they don't want to clean their pans or whatever. Right. So they just are like, oh, I'm like putting in a, like a pan of chicken or whatever. So I'm going to coat it with aluminum foil and then put the chicken on top. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. Just just clean your pan. <laughs> and if, yeah. you need, if you need a pan that's easier to clean, actually green pan makes a pan, a baking pan as well that I own. And it's pretty easy to clean because it's smooth. So just don't, just don't use aluminum foil as a crutch. Just like same with like cling wrap. Don't use that as a crutch mm-hmm. either. Mm-hmm. If you need it every now and then, fine, but don't use it every day. Right. Okay. Yeah. Even in my house, we got rid of aluminum foil and we've been using parchment paper. I love the beeswax. Um, I should probably get more beeswax because sometimes we run out and then we do use the cling wrap. Uh, But I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. And if the cling wrap doesn't touch your food, that's even better, right? Mm -hmm. So if you do, you're in a pinch. Um, if it once it touches your food, especially if the food is warm, then you're going to get some plastic. Uh, okay. res, you know, residues in your food. Right. Okay, good to know. Are there anything else? I want to move on to furniture, but is there anything else like in the kitchen that you think are just sort of um, something to bear in mind? I'd say the biggest one in the kitchen is avoid plastic touching your food as much okay. as possible. Like it's not going to be 100% avoidable, but mm-hmm. even those of us who know about this stuff, you'll be surprised when you start looking around how much plastic is still touching your food. Like mm-hmm. do you store things in plastic bags? Do you use, like most of us use, right, a blender that's plastic, right? And mm-hmm. then we stick it in the dishwasher, which breaks down the plastic, which makes the next time you use it more plastic in your food so sometimes again it's not it's not avoidable but right. just just do a survey and look around and be like hey can I store this in a glass jar instead of the bulk plastic bag like yeah. go home and put it in a jar like you may have mostly wooden spoons but you still have some plastic mm-hmm. um stuff like that so just do an inventory and just avoid it as much as possible Okay, nice. Yeah, definitely the whole plastic thing. I think it's very, um, it can be very subtle too. Now I'm going to be so like, 
aware <laughs> of my kitchen. Oh. Yeah, yeah, we all do it. Like, and you don't have to be perfect. And if it sounds expensive, like you don't have to do it all at once. But mm-hmm. you know, yeah, we always kind of have to be like monitoring ourselves and just same with like the mold story you know we just slowly improve 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 and like you know a lot of things we get stuck on like we're trying to think about getting a water filter or a new bed those are big purchases and it may take us a long time to make that decision and that's okay um so but when the time is right you'll make that decision yeah so what about furniture i've heard of like off-gassing from like carpets and you know mattresses and all that like could you explain a little bit yeah so you know most of us know like when we buy a new car or we get a new rug we smell it right we smell that smell coming off of it and they call it like the new car smell (laughs) but it's really off gassing so it's basically chemicals coming off our products in a form of a gas into our air really so that's a big reason now why our indoor air quality is so much worse than our outdoor air quality uh, is off gassing and yeah that can be from furniture and it can also be from um, cabinets and and flooring and curtains all sorts of things so you know when we buy those things we want to prefer to buy them in a form that um, is like a natural material so I'll give you one example that I've made a mistake on um, is they used to sell um, blackout curtains with like mm-hmm. a back, a backing that was kind of rubbery looking that I bought some of those and they off gas so much. So oh. at my old house. So this time when I got a house, when I would look at a blackout curtain, it's usually not cotton. It's usually like a blend or polyester, and, but it didn't have a backing. So now I just choose that. So just kind of looking at stuff a little closer. Shower curtain is similar. You can get one that's vinyl. That's going to guarantee off gas when you put in the heat of the shower. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can also just get one that's, again, like polyester. And it's Mm kind of water resistant. And it it looks fine. And uh, it's not going to off gas as much. So so those would be a couple of things like just being aware. And then when you buy things like furniture, it can be tougher because so much of our furniture now is press board, right? It's, it's just got like a veneer and then it's just, mm-hmm. it's basically wood dust glued together and that glue is toxic. So, uh, and sometimes furniture has flame retardants, although less now, but you can check labels um, for that. So you want it to be, flame retardant through just like a barrier and not through chemicals. So sometimes now if you look at the label, like on a couch, it'll say that, um, or you can ask at the store, uh, or you can look at buying used items. So couch is something maybe you don't as often buy used, but something like a kitchen table or a coffee table, Mm -hmm. buying one that's like real wood that's old. Mm -hmm. A great idea. My brother lives in Massachusetts and he was saying they bought a lot of antiques when they moved because people don't want antiques anymore. So they're really cheap (laughs) and they're beautiful and they're real wood. So it's a much better choice than going to Ikea and getting some like whole bunch of like press wood 
junk that you have to put together. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, buying stuff used is often good. Buying stuff that's like real materials, whether it's fabric or wood or whatever. Um, so if like, you know, um, you're saying that when we buy stuff, we want to be aware of the materials that we bring into the home because they can off gas. What about like if we already have furniture that has been, you know, around for like a long time, like 10 years or so, like does the off gassing stop or does it just kind of die down or is it still the same? Yeah, that's a really good question. So even when something stops smelling, mm-hmm. it's still off gassing. So things like um, flooring, um, cabinets, furniture, mm-hmm. they can off-gas a long time, like 10, 15 years, or maybe the life of the item. Uh, there is a teacher I study with, Lara Adler. I don't know if you've... Oh, yeah. 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 So I kind of forget all the statistics now, but let's just we can just generalize and say that those things off gas much, much longer than you think. Right. So yeah, once they stop smelling, um, they still are probably causing a problem. But again, like you can't be perfect. Like mm-hmm. I made some good choices for my house, but I also made um, some wrong choices accidentally and occasionally on purpose. Cause I was just like, you know what? I really want these bedside tables and that's the look I want. And yeah. I'm not going to spend another 25 hours trying to find ones that are used. So I'm just right. going to buy them. So, you know, there's some compromise there. So, yeah. Like with everything, there's always has to be a balance. Right. Okay, cool. So are there any insidious ways that toxins could be accumulating in our home without knowing? Like anything else we, like we didn't talk about today? Mm. I feel like we covered a lot. Like we covered. Uh, we did cover a lot. I mean, yeah. I would say think think that you know often toxins are accumulating, so to speak, in your air and your dust. So cleaning more mm-hmm. is a great idea. You know, using just water and a rag or vacuuming with a HEPA vacuum. But cleaning, keeping your house clean is, is a fantastic idea to keep tox- toxins down. Um, and then go ahead. Oh, one thing that came up um, is leaving your shoes at the at the entrance of your door. I mean, of your house, and not. Yeah, yeah. I've, I was almost gonna say that, and then I felt a little bad because now it's like, <laughs> I live in Arizona, and all the floors are tile, and they're like okay. hard as a rock. So yeah. <laughs> I used to, when I lived in Oregon, always take the shoes off because mm-hmm. your shoes are wet and you don't want to get the carpets dirty so it was like easier there but here you'll like give yourself plantar fasciitis or whatever it's called just from like walking (laughs) on your floor so I'm not as good here about taking my shoes off but I'm probably better about cleaning here than I was in a sense like Mm -hmm. with keeping our tile floor clean and stuff and I, I tried for many times to be like, okay, these are my indoor shoes and these are my outdoor shoes. <laughs> but eventually they always get mixed together. But yes, it's yeah. much, much better to leave your shoes mm-hmm. at the door. That's a great habit. Yeah. Um, and then for air, like think about changing your furnace filters and your AC filters more often. Um, and you can also buy different like grades of them. So you can buy some that like filter more particulate 
than other types. So mm -hmm. that can be like a pretty affordable way to improve your air quality. You can, you're also supposed to get the ducts cleaned in your home about every two years, I think. Those are the kind of things like I never cared about as a homeowner, right. yeah. but they actually really do matter. So, mm -hmm. you know, thinking about stuff like that, just maintaining your home properly, um, you know, maintaining like your gutters so that you're not getting leaks, making sure that water doesn't drain towards your house. Uh, a lot of it is like very boring home maintenance, but mm -hmm. it is important. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, even if someone's like living in a rented apartment, they can still do so much, so many things, you know, um, to improve their air quality and water quality and all these things in their home. Yeah, and if you're a renter, you can ask questions too, like, hey, how often are you doing this or that? Um, I think there's a growing awareness about, um, like, mold in homes and stuff. So yeah. I think we need to kind of train landlords to maintain homes properly so we can avoid mold. Oh, that would be such a good idea. And also sound very big, sound very, um, like a big project. <laughs> yeah but I think little by little like it does yeah. start to happen because if you say you own a building and you get enough people saying you know this and that you're gonna yeah. be like oh I guess I have to start thinking about that <laughs> <laughs> okay well you know I learned so much today um especially like about the furniture stuff um buying real wood that's that's uh that's very enticing to me. And also about the cookware. I think that's really important for people to know. So thank you so much for sharing all the information and also, you know, your, your own story. About yeah. how you with mold. That was like nice. Um, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. And if people like have questions more about mold, we have some blogs on it and stuff at our site. Cause I know. Yeah. Go, <laughs> go ahead and share that. Where can people find, you know, those blogs and tips from you? Yeah, my site is just my name, BridgetDanner.com, mm -hmm. and um, it's spelled with an I instead of an E, but you'll find it. Um, yeah, and we have like a bunch of free eBooks, guides, and I, I don't even know, we have hundreds of blogs at this point, so you can just search for something you're looking at, or uh, just email us if you're not finding something, and we're happy to help. All right, that's awesome. Is there anything else you want to share about toxins before I wrap it up? Um, no, I just appreciate you sharing the information and you know, the more people who learn about it little by little, I think it really does change our culture and and our health. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you so much. I really think it's very important to get this information out and I'll definitely like, you know, emphasize it and just yeah, help to raise awareness. I think awareness is just the first step in this journey. Yeah.